Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing on Take Command, Logan now with us, and well, with me, Michael's. Michael's gone. Yes. I, traded, right. I traded a Logan for a Michael, and <laughs> here you are. Uh, you, sir, have been busy watching tape of Terry McLaurin, as well as the other wide receivers in the NFC East, top wide receivers, yeah. Devontae Smith, CeeDee Lamb, Terry, anybody else that you, you threw in there? Um, yeah, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Um, oh right, AJ Terry. Brown. Now I now watched a little, watched a little Kenny Galladay. That's an interesting one. We'll talk about that as we get into it for sure. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to just kind of rank the receivers in the division and see where Terry falls. Because if Terry's asking for top flight money, it mm-hmm. would make sense that that should come as a top flight receiver. So where does he rank? Not just within the league, next to a guy like AJ Brown who just got a twenty five million dollar per year contract but with some of these other receivers in the division as well. Do you want to start with Terry? Is there someone that you think is like a good tone setter to talk about as a comparison point? Uh, yeah, I think that's um, – yeah, let's start with Terry. So basically the thing – when you start watching Terry, the thing that stands out to you is that he catches the ball probably the best of the group, right? And like, so you're watching kind of um, what they call it, like, um, like highlight plays essentially. But essentially it amounts to every target and every impactful block as ranked by PFF. So you start going through them and you're like, man, Terry just does not drop the football. And I think any fan who's been around the team for a long time would agree with that, right? He is just a physical, he's physical at the catch point. He does a really nice job with regards to, you know, kind of putting his body in the right spot. He tracks the ball well in the air, all those things that you love. And then you get about 40, 45 plays into it thinking, wow, you know, Terry might actually be the best receiver in the division. And then I think you start seeing kind of teams start figuring out because that kind of is like, the three, four, five game mark of the season is that 40 play mark and teams start game planning and treating you a little differently and they start defensively scheming you up at a higher level. And so what happens is you see Terry, I think, to my eye anyway, start struggling with press coverage a little bit. He starts struggling with the physicality of guys being up against him and creating elite separation, so to speak. So it's not that he doesn't create separation. It's just like when guys get up and challenge him, he doesn't have the route running nuance you know, in the short area. I think in the long area, like the deep stems, things like that, he's very crafty, very um, kind of Jahan-esque in that way, you know, but Jahan has this kind of short area ability that Terry seems to be lacking. Terry's kind of a long strider, and I think those things make it challenging for him to create separation in the short area, and then in the short area at the top of a route, like a comeback or a dig, if he can't run into the cut. So you've got a guy who can create space, understands angles and stems and things like that when he can get out. But a lot of routes in modern NFL offenses, those short bursts, slants, the the quick in cuts, things like that, especially at the actual break point, 
not as smooth in and out, not as much of a separator as maybe some other guys that you watch, but has the hand strength that if the ball is yeah. somewhere close can can make up for some of that lack of separation. Is that a good summary? I think that's an excellent summary. And I think the other thing that stands out about him that was cool is like he's physical, man. He's physical. He's competitive. He's a Logan Paulson football player. Like I really enjoy watching We need a stamp like, like they used to have the all Madden stamp. Like, yeah, we, need like a, we need a Logan Paulson stamp. Yeah, I really like what he brings from like a like he's tough, he's courageous, he blocks like and he's he's competitive, you know, but I think like like you said like modern NFL like there's there's like the receivers are so nuanced now. They're good in the long stem game, they're good in the short area and they're good at the catch point, right? So I think with with that I think the the big limitation comes short area press coverage, press man which is a little bit confusing because he's so physical but again he just lacks that quickness because he's kind of a longer strider to kind of make up for some of that separation uh, that you see so I think that's why I would have him a little bit lower than the other I have two guys I would rank ahead of him so we'll get to those guys in a second but just kind of talking more generally one one of the things I I find fascinating about Terry is you talk about the hands and he doesn't drop anything but it never looks smooth and at, at this point at this point we're three years in you know going on year four like I don't have questions about Terry McLaurin's hands. It was just kind of always a funny thing watching back when I was covering the team up close and, and watching on TV these last couple of years um, is like, it never is a smooth, he clean catch, football, yeah. mm-hmm. but he always catches it and he continues to run and like still makes big plays. And so it doesn't wind up being a problem, but I test it can really throw you for a loop. The other thing too is just as a point of comparison. And obviously you just said there's two other guys in the division that we'll talk about, but I think of like Cooper cup, or Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro, some of these guys that are getting a hundred insane number yeah. of catches a year. Hundred, I don't know what a cup wind up with like one thirty this year. Something yeah, gross. Um, yeah. You know, Renfro's over a hundred, and some of these routes they run that aren't even anything that was ever drawn up on paper. They just find a way to manipulate defenses in, in short area and create a ton of separation quickly. And I think that that is somewhere where you definitely can think of plays with Terry, where even on simpler stuff, the quick slants and things like that there is a contest on the catch and that sometimes results in not a drop, but in, in an incompletion um, because there isn't that space for him to really make that catch. And, and so as you get to the two guys that you're going to rank ahead of him, do you want to go to number two first and then we'll save number one for last? And my guess is it's CD lamb and Devonte Devonte Smith. So uh, who's, or AJ, who's AJ Brown, AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Really yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, okay so, so which so of those three guys Devante. is below Terry? Let's talk about Devontae Smith. And I would put, so Devontae Smith is obviously a rookie, right? And I think mm-hmm. he excels in the, in the short area, in the long stem game. He has excellent change of direction, kind of the anti-Terry, you know, in the sense that he's very, very polished. He's very, very nuanced. I'm really glad you brought up the Hunter Renfro and Cooper Cup thing because one of the things about those routes is that those routes are drawn on paper. They look like, you know, that famous return route. It's a fake slant mm-hmm. and then come back. Terry runs it like it's drawn on paper. The really good ones, the really excellent receivers are the ones that have the artistry to say, oh, I'm going to sell this a little bit flatter. I'm going to burst this way. I might keep my shoulders square a little bit longer, turn this way and pivot out, give them a false accelerator. You know what I mean? They, they, have the, they have this bag of tricks that they apply to these routes. And Terry had a pretty productive year last year. If, there's a, if he's starting for the Tennessee Titans, because that's where A.J. Brown was playing last year, if he's starting for the Dallas Cowboys – his production is way, way higher. And the reason I say that is because 
not only did are you limited somewhat by Taylor Heineke's arm strength, but you're also limited by Taylor Heineke's lack of anticipation. Like there are mm-hmm. times where he's running open on a corner, which fits Terry's skill set as we just described. Long stem, understanding angles, all those kind of things, and he's wide open, and you can feel him coming open very early in the down. Excuse me, but the ball is late. You know, the ball is late, so he's got to make this crazy contorted catch to get the ball, and he's getting tackled right away. When if the ball's on time, he's running for an extra 20 yards, and that's not an exaggeration. That happens all the time on his film. So I, get, right. I, need, to, I, need, to, I need to draw attention to that because, like, that is a thing, 100%. Yeah. One quick add-on to that, too, it also limits the imagination and the capability, the play calling, right? So it's yeah. not just the plays that get left on the field inherently by Heineke not being able to get the... I mean, the ball Terry got hurt on last year is yeah. a ball that should have been a touchdown easy, and instead it's way underthrown, and Terry's production gets limited because he misses games with a concussion because he gets absolutely rocked. That yeah. also means that there's plays that Scott Turner might call this year with Carson Wentz with a much bigger arm that don't even get called in the first place last year. So there, there's even more than what is apparent on tape. And again, that's a fantastic point because even in OTAs, you see a different offense. Like One of the reasons Jahan's been so product- productive in OTAs is because Carson's throwing with great anticipation. His arm strength is outstanding. Like the, the throws that were questionably open last year are definitively open this year just by having a different guy at the position. And that's not, I don't want to sound like I'm crushing Heineke here, but that is the difference between a guy who's played a lot of football, maybe not super high-level football the last couple of years in Carson Wentz, but is definitively an NFL starter and a guy who's definitively a backup. So right. that's, that's a good point of comparison. So back so to, that brings yeah. us to Smith. Yeah, so Smith, I think, again, like, he is also kind of in the same boat, limited by uh, Jalen Hurts. He does excellent short. His, his route running nuance is very, very high level. You see why he was drafted so high last year. I think where he falls short is he drops the football a little bit more than you like. And, and again, some of that's rookie nerve. Some of that's Jalen Hurts throwing a crazy football. And at when it's time to get physical, he doesn't have the body weight to compete for the football in the air. So it's not that he's not a physical guy. It's not that he's not tough because he blocks. He's competitive. He'll go over the middle. All those things you want to see. But it's like there's been, there was a couple routes where he's running a fade. And he releases excellent short area quickness. The DB matches his hip and just slowly widens him to the sideline. And it's two yards of width that were added. But he's basically standing on the sideline. And so the quarterback's got to make a perfect throw. He can't get the ball there. You're really demanding a lot from the quarterback at that point. And so even from guys like Terry, you know, who are very, are very physical, like we mentioned that as one of his strengths, they can keep the space, right? They can fight with the DB. They can make that contested catch when they have to. And Smith, is that's where he falls down a little bit. Now, he might come out this year like most rookies do and play much better in year two, and I think that's a totally reasonable, viable thing. But that's the thing, in my opinion, that's going to keep him from being a dyed-in-the-wool number one receiver. And I think it benefits him. I think you're going to see a much better Smith this year because of A.J. Brown. He is kind of that that other type of, he's the X receiver in this case, right? A guy that you feel good about winning versus press, about winning versus uh, off coverage, about keeping that space, yards after catch, all of those things. So I think, I think you'll see a more productive guy because he's going to be in a more natural role for him. So that brings us to Brown, um, yeah. who I think is perhaps the most interesting comparison to Terry because they are yeah. very similar. Brown is bigger, but yep. Terry's like a big, thick body type, right? Physical, yeah. but they're also both really, really fast. They are yep. the same age. Um, yep. Obviously, Brown was a higher pick, but they are the same age. Uh, and so what what do you see from Brown a, in terms of some of the stuff that Terry does well and maybe some things that he can do that Terry can't if those things exist? 
So I think there's just a little bit more of like the big dog to Brown. And what I mean by that is he's not the most new. Like I think Terry's stem game is probably superior. Like how he sets up a corner, how he sets up a big out. He can, Terry's very good just, at that. Just to be clear real quick in case anyone's like, they keep talking about stems. What the hell is a stem? A route oh, right. stem is, is um, I think people probably can figure it out with context, but just to make sure, it's the part of the route that happens before the cut. Yeah. So if you're, if you're running an in cut and it's five yards and then in on like an L shape, it's that first five yards of running straight ahead. And depending on how you angle that, how you attack a corner's leverage, you know, you're attacking, you know, am I trying to get it on the inside hip? Am I trying to get it on the outside hip? In order to turn them, like you can set up your cut and try to manipulate the corner right. on that stem. And it's a really, really essential part of route running, both in little nuanced things of change direction, but also to try to make them look the same, uh, depending on the route to set up a double move, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a great description. And, and, I think it shows up more for Terry in the long stuff. So you, you get the example he gave was a five-yard route. I think it shows up more for him in like the 12, 15, 20-yard range, like where you can really manipulate a defense with those long strides and that long speed. Um, I think A.J. Brown is, is just more of – he's more he's more physically imposing. He's six foot. He's 225, just a bigger man, and he plays with that kind of edge to his game. Um, I don't think, like, again, he's not the most polished route runner you've ever seen. Like, a lot of his stuff is getting open on, like, drift or strike. And you're familiar with that from when Kyle was here, right? It's just like a play-action pass. You send the fullback to the linebacker, and then the receiver just kind of fills the void left by the linebacker right behind. There's a lot of space in that second level of the defense because of the play-action and because they have Derrick Henry, and he can just run for days, right? And he's big. He gets kind of a like freight train kind of mentality and he's physical after the catch, right? Which is what you want. I think he drops more balls than I would like. You know what I mean? And it's a little like, what's going on with that? You know? So again, when you move him from a guy in Tannehill who's pretty accurate to Jalen Hurts, like, is there going to be a drop off? Like, will Terry play? I think there might, that's, this is a perfect example of like how quarterback play and scheme could easily switch two and uh, two and three. And even honestly, one to three, like could switch two depending on how Dak Prescott plays. So I think seeing that is is really interesting and like keeping an eye on that moving forward for the fan base is also interesting. But yeah, he's just bigger. He can win in different ways. The press stuff doesn't seem to bother him the same way. And I think part of it is his size, eh? but I think he's a little bit more twitched up in the short area. Like Terry is long speed faster for sure. Like if Terry's got space, I want him with the ball in his hands. But A.J. Brown, like in that short area, like that basketball crossover, he's got a little more of that to his game, and he's more violent in that short area, so it helps him win on slants, fades, hitches, things like that, where that bigger body physicality, and again, like it's the fact that he can win against off coverage and against man that kind of bumps him above Terry, in my opinion. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Which leaves us with one more guy, C.D. Lamb. Uh, obviously, his world is going to be a lot different this year. And I remember talking mm. about this with you during the fall. I think Amari Cooper was so underrated and so mm. underappreciated in Dallas. And I think that when you watch them and how the offense operated with Cooper in there, 
along with Lamb, along with Gallup. Yeah. That looked very different than when Amari Cooper was out. They hit a, a rut in the middle of the season, and it was when Amari Cooper was hurt. Um, but they obviously think CeeDee Lamb is the better player and are investing in him in the long term or plan to uh, mm-hmm. when, when they need to give him a contract extension, which should be after this year, if I'm remembering correctly, um, based off you know similar timeline that Terry and, and Brown are on because um, he's, he's a little bit younger. So what did you see when you watched CeeDee Lamb? How does it compare to McLaren? And how much of that has to do with Dak Prescott being probably the best quarterback in the division, at least last year? Yeah, I think that's a really that's that's the million dollar question is how much of this is Dak dependent. I will say he's got a little bit of um Devontae Adams to his game. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like they run a lot of smoke, so like a one step hitch on the outside. And C D Lamb is better in space than I would have thought. Like he's able to make that first guy consistently miss. He makes the field feel really big all of a sudden, and he's able to give you a lot of free yards off a little kind of not even screens, just like, you know, uh, you know, the corners playing off, side adjust, I'm going to get you the football type stuff. And that is pretty advantageous for an offense. I mean, I think everyone saw what Green Bay was able to do with that kind of stuff with Adams and like Alan Lazard. You know what I mean? Like you can get a lot mm-hmm. out of receivers that way. I think the thing that separates him from Brown, in my opinion, is he is pretty physical. Like not, he's not the same physical specimen Brown is, but his route running nuance is elite you know what I mean it's it's on that it's on the way uh, you know I made the Devontae Adams comparison like that's the guy you're keeping an eye on as a comparison and saying in three years is CD Lamb the next Devontae Adams now he's not quite he's not he's not Devontae Adams now but I'm saying like that's the trajectory I see for him because of how smart he is with his stems how good he is in the short area how he can kind of change direction at top speed in a, in a very kind of high level way so you know, it's funny when I was watching the tape, I was kind of like, this is why they moved on from Amari Cooper, because they think this is the future. And there's enough on tape to support that. Right. Again, with him, too, like this is kind of this is going to sound crazy. But again, with him, he has a lot of drops, like a lot of drops that you, he shouldn't have. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to knock a guy for tough catches. But, you know, like there was a screen against Washington, for example, where there's daylight. He just drops the ball. You know what I mean? And that happens more than you'd like. And, again, that's more of a concentration thing. So if I'm if I'm Dallas, I'm saying, oh, we'll get that worked out. We can get that fixed. But those are things that make you think, well, you know, it, that that's why, to me, he's not like that top-tier wide receiver. That's why he's not the Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyree. That's why he's not – he's kind of outside looking in on that group. But I think there is the potential that he could be that guy – you know, in a year or two, maybe even this year, depending on how Dak does. Yeah, he's he's freaky talented, and you know, when they drafted him out of Oklahoma. He obviously had a ton of big plays there, um, but also in the punt return game. And Dallas yeah. has used him as some of that too. And I, I think that shows up in his game. One of these guys that you're terrified of get him getting the ball in space, but you need to have. And I think what separates because like Terry is also you are terrified of him getting the ball in space, right. but especially if he were to catch it on a slant and is already moving because you're not going to catch him. What I think separates a guy like Lamb from these other guys that you're talking about, Smith has some of this, is the shake. It's the ability to be an extension of the running game on a quick yeah. smoke and at the very least get four yards, if not get 14, if not get 40, on a quick catch and run because you make one guy miss and you get it blocked up. So I think that versatility, and again, modern NFL offense is the way they work with the side adjustment. If you're going to, especially against Dallas, who you know wants to run it and teams start to load the box, can you start to get 
some big plays and manufacture them, or at least manufacture guarantees that your offense is going to stay on schedule. And Lamb is a guy that is super reliable in that. And I think, you know, on top that, on top of his ability to do the other receiver stuff that we think of more traditionally, is is what puts him on top. And again, like that's a that's that's a good point too, because like, and everyone thinks that this timing element um, of quarterback to receiver only applies for the deep stuff, but Dak and CD have a very good timing even on the short stuff. Like there was a couple times where Terry's getting a screen and you know kind of keep holds the ball for a tick right the ball's got to be out and then he doesn't throw a fastball he throws kind of this floating ball and the way those screens are designed is to get the defensive line to rush and then to hit the ball behind it so timing is really important if you're even half a second late that's going to be a five-yard gain instead of a 30-yard gain and there was a couple times consistently that 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 happened last year and I think if you're the commander staff, you look at those plays and you say, man, there was so much meat on the bone just from a timing standpoint that we're just going to be better by default um, by bringing in a better guy. And so I, after watching Terry, I, I told you I watched all of his significant snaps, like there is a lot of meat on the bone from a production standpoint from him. And I think the other thing about this offense that's great is all of a sudden those, those corners that are pressing him really aggressively because there's so much team speed He's going to get less of that look. You know what I mean? He's going to get more soft zones, and teams aren't going to be able to fixate and press him and disrupt him in uh, in a way that he doesn't excel at, right? And I think, again, so you add the timing, you add the spacing, you add all those things, and all of a sudden Terry looks like a different animal. So this could very easily be drastically different at the end of next year. Right, and, and that's the thing, too, is I feel like Terry's intelligence is – really high and you see that in the way he plays against zone coverage he is a guy that can sit down get a catch you know get upfield get a couple extra yards he doesn't really mess around you know a guy like lamb sometimes that that type of player who has that shake and get themselves in trouble because they catch it they turn around they see three guys and they're like how do i beat all three where terry's like i'm gonna go get five extra yards and dive forward and, and it is and sometimes that winds up in a big play but often it just winds up in you running backwards and losing a couple extra yards which sometimes can be the difference in a drive extending or not <laughs> 